Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 86, the review for IT chapter 2. Welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And yes, I'm back after an extended period away due to a holiday and some other technical difficulties and other life-based things I won't get into. I'm back, finally getting back into the groove of things, and what a way to come back with... It Chapter 2, one of my most anticipated films of 2019. Now the interesting thing about this film is that I've been looking forward to it since the time that I found out there was going to be a second one. Obviously there was going to be a second one because the way in which they handled the first film two years ago was only doing the child's half. So clearly there was going to be a adult half that needed to complete the story. And um, yeah, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for so long that... I actually forgot. Strangely enough, this film has come up in a lot of people's anticipated film list and I just continuously forgot about it on occasion just because I think with the hype surrounding Avengers and John Wick and Lion King prior to that film coming out, I was just blinded by a lot of the summer hype. So yeah, I kept forgetting that this film kept coming out until, you know, I saw a few trailers or someone mentioned it. I'm like, oh yeah, it chapter two, I am hyped for that movie. And the trailers so far for this film have been nothing short of wonderful. It has that same tone, it has that same sort of ominous feeling. Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise is still looking pretty freaky as heck. And all of the adult actors that they have to represent the kids from the last film are looking pretty on point. So I was like, yo, I'm in, I'm in. And under normal circumstances, I would have seen this opening night just like everybody else did. But because of some other extenuating circumstances I had to wait for about a week and a half before I got to see the movie so yeah actually I finally seen it and you know what I'm gonna tell you what I think I was gonna say what I thought of it now but you know I'll just do the whole long-winded version as we usually do so as we do on this podcast we'll talk about the story characters presentation and the overall conclusion so without further ado let's start Alright, so the story of IT Chapter 2 can be described as the following. This film takes place 27 years after the last one, and it features the Losers group all grown up, and they've moved away from Derry and are living their own new lives, unaware of what happened in their younger years. Besides Mike, who stayed behind in Derry and hasn't really forgotten much. But when new and dangerous things start happening in Derry again, Mike knows that it has returned. So he calls up the other members of the loser group to come back to Derry so that they can take care of Pennywise once and for all. And that's the Cliff Notes version of this film without going into the era spoilers. Now I thought this film was pretty good. Now considering the sort of mixed reception that I'd heard prior to seeing this film, I thought it was going to be, you know, a big disappointment. But I keep forgetting that this film and the, you know, it franchise has a legion of different types of fans whether you're talking about fans of the book fans of the miniseries from the 90s with tim curry or you have people who are just fans of this new material so you know you have varying different opinions from different people who either grew up with the original or the book or those who are just seeing this for the first time 
I'm pretty much aware of most of what happened in the book and I'm pretty sure of what happened in the 90s series. I've seen bits and bobs but not the entirety of it but it was before my time so it's not really scary to me anymore but um, yeah I was a really big fan of the it film from two years ago so I was really looking forward to this one and I thought that it did a pretty good job. It was well handled as a continuation of the story about the scary entity and its effect on these young individuals since childhood and I really enjoyed the you know continuity between this film and the last film it felt consistent in tone and its drama and yeah while there were certainly things lost between this film and the last one I still felt like it was you know a pretty good time in the cinema the key aspects about this film that worked was the tone, suspense and tension. There was always this sense of uneasiness, dread and good build ups to the moments of horror. And I also appreciate how this film felt a little darker than the last one and dived into certain topics that I didn't expect which was pretty uncomfortable and just made me feel you know, just very dirty watching it. I'm just like, oh gosh this film is actually going here, that is uh, you know, quite impressive though unexpected. And I guess I would have known this if I read the source material, but again, I'm just coming to the film for just what the, you know, what these adaptations are going to do. And I felt like it was handled pretty well, though I would have liked to see just a little bit more of uh, some of these, like, you know, uncomfortable aspects play out a little bit more because they seemed very important. And yeah, the other aspect of the film that I really liked was the fact that there was a lot of humor in here. A lot more than I expected. Now the last film definitely had its humor, but this one had a lot more of it, and it was sprinkled in in such interesting ways at certain points where I didn't expect, or certain points where I did. But some of these jokes they hit pretty hard and was pretty well done. And the banter between the uh, cast was really well done, so it lent itself well to some of these uh, character moments. And one of the other things I also quite liked was how this film played with your expectations. When it came to certain things in the story or certain things happening with certain characters, you expected these things to play out in a certain way, but the film zigged when you expected it to zag, so I appreciated some of those random left turns that it took. So I was like, oh, okay, film, you got me there. I was pretty surprised. However, not everything worked in the story. I will say, firstly, the scares weren't as effective as they were in the last film. Now, the first film wasn't super scary. It was mainly, you know, was it carried by its really good cast, some of the humor, the way it was filmed, the soundtrack, and of course, the sense of tension and build up to some of these like crazy scenes. But I feel like this film had a lot less scary moments than the last one which was kind of disappointing considering the scale and some of the like you know was it greater sense of like you know was it scope to some of these like crazier moments so I was just like oh this is not as scary disappointed just a little bit and the other thing was that as much as I did enjoy the humor in the movie it did feel a little ill-timed and while this is just like you know uh not the case for every joke in the movie I would say about 80% of it worked but then there was 20% where it's just like did that joke really need to be here? And it felt like it was sort of undercutting some of the more serious aspects of the movie. But this is just a minor thing. And one other thing that I wanted to mention was the film's runtime. Now, I know that they had a lot to unpack with this film, dealing with, you know, the events of the last film, and then, you know, getting all the adult characters up to speed. And there's various different things that need to be, you know, was it uh, taken care of and concluded in this second half. 
but I felt like there were moments where the film did drag a little bit and it just felt like certain moments here and there could have you know trimmed the fat so it could have been closer to I don't know maybe two and a half hours maybe even two hours maybe but again I know that there was so much stuff that needed to be done that it would have been a, a, a tough task to go about and craft a film and make it feel like it had a satisfying conclusion. So it's no wonder that people say that it as an adaptation should work better as a TV miniseries as opposed to a film because there's so many aspects that need to be covered. But yeah, the length of the film definitely did was felt on a few occasions. But yeah, overall I'd say the story was still pretty effective. It had some really good moments and Again, as a continuation of what we saw in the last film, I felt like it was handled pretty darn well. Alright, and now it's time to talk about the cast, and I have to say that they all did such a damn good job. I really enjoyed seeing the adult versions of these kids. They were all perfectly cast and showcased how they'd all progressed, but also still featured all the childhood mannerisms. All of the casting was on point, and whoever the casting director was for this film, you know, well done you. you, you did a fantastic job. So when it comes to the cast, I'm not going to go about and mention everybody, but there are a handful of people I do want to mention. Firstly, there's Jessica Chastain as the adult version of Beverly Marsh. She was really, really good. I like seeing how her life has changed. She's dealt with a lot since, you know, was it leaving Derry and becoming an adult. And seeing how she's dealt with, you know, her life individually, but then how you know, was it the effects of the past have come back to the present and how that leads to certain interactions with the members of the Losers Club when they reunite and then have to deal with Pennywise again. It was really good. Jessica Chastain killed it. She was really, really good in this role and she inhabited a lot of like, you know, was it Bev's younger elements really, really well. She was really good. James McAvoy, my dude, he was so good as Bill, like McAvoy again is one of those sort of actors where you watch him he's just like is there anything you can't do you're everywhere now and you you make me so happy because he slots into different roles all the time and has all those different mannerisms and you know was it character things that he can just get down to a T and as the adult version of Bill you can see that he's you know progressed and moved on but still once he comes back to Derry the amount of like you know was it old habits he slipped into and feels guilt for what happened to his brother and all this other sort of stuff it was really well handled McAvoy killed it he was so good and then there's the other star of the film who I believe most people will remember once the film is over besides Pennywise which was Bill Hader as uh, the adult version of Richie this guy has gone on to do a lot and not much at the same time but to see how he uh, comes back to Derry and has to deal with all these things from his past but also interact with the other members of the Losers Club he was great he had all of the best humorous moments his uh, comedic timing was on point and his interactions with the other members was just fantastic Hader I have seen him in other things but never really noticed him as much as I have now and he was just full on on display he had such a presence and a magnetism to him and I also really enjoyed Isaiah Mustafa as Mike as well now the interesting thing about Mike was in the last film as a kid he was just sort of one of the last members to join in on the group and he just happened to be there he didn't really have too much of a significant you know story 
But in this film, Mike is pretty much the glue that holds this group together, who gets everybody back together. So it was interesting to see that sort of change around for his character. But it was great to see Mike have, you know, a lot more purpose in this one. And I thought Mustafa was really good in this role. I really enjoyed seeing what Mike had gotten up to in this film. And I thought he was a pretty effective member of the team. And the other person that really needs to be mentioned, of course, is Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Good gravy, this dude is something else. He was already pretty damn good in the last one. He has just this really charming, creepy, endearing, unnatural, unsettling thing about him which just draws your eyes in. He has a voice which, you know, Jeremy Johns described as like, you know, Winnie the Pooh and annoyingly you can't unhear it at certain points. He sort of just sounds like Winnie the Pooh if he had taken a few drugs and gotten a little older and, you know, had like, you know, was it bipolar or something? Um, Pennywise is just this wonderful little individual who can be so funny but then so creepy and unsettling at times with all of his uh, you know, physical movements, the facial stuff. Bill was just allowed to do so much more with this role than he was in the last one. I mean, he was pretty good in the last one, but the amount of sort of more, you know, uh, facial and physical stuff he's able to do with this one is mental. He was great. So good. You know, I, I can't praise him enough. And everybody else in the film was pretty good, especially this one, you know, uh, cameo in the film, which if you know your people you know then you'll see this person straight away you'll be like ah very nice very nice but yeah that was pretty good yeah the cast overall were pretty darn good in this film and i quite enjoy them but the other key aspect that i worked for this film beyond the cast was the presentation which was pretty damn good visually the film was incredible with some really beautiful camera shots and framing and certain shots of this film really highlighted the scope and the sort of gravity of the situation when they come into certain locations like certain open fields or caves everything just feels a little bigger and grander than it was before which gives it a little bit more urgency or certain moments that felt a little bit more claustrophobic than they were in the last one but yeah you know the camera work was really good the use of color and lighting was really well done and the CGI was used pretty well for the most part although some of it didn't look as clean as some other scenes and while I understand that some of these creatures and things could only be done in CGI there's something about it that just takes away from the scary aspect just because you know it isn't real but again, that's just a minor, minor nitpick. Overall, you know, visually the film was great. But the other aspect of the presentation that could not be denied was the film score by Benjamin Wolfish. I first noticed his work in Hidden Figures and then it really started to come to pass in It and then Blade Runner 2049, which that film had one of my favorite soundtracks I'd heard for years. So he did Shazam earlier on this year, which was a pretty good one. And I feel like he's sort of outdone himself with it chapter 2. It was definitely a little bit more present than it was in the last one. I don't know what it was but he just did a grand job and his score did exactly what a good film score should do. Work in tandem with the action on screen to amplify what's going on. The music has such presence to it. It was beautiful, dramatic and had the right tone and pace for every scene it was used in. I feel like it was just a really darn well executed film score and it's probably one I'm gonna be listening to outside of the film because I just thought it was pretty effective.
And so that leads us to the conclusion, what did I think about It Chapter 2? Well, I thought it was a pretty effective film. Now, even though this film has some issues with like the story, its length, some of the humor and, um, you know, just not being as, you know, uniquely fun as the first film, I still feel like it had a lot of really great stuff when it came to its visual and audio presentation, the cast, the story which delved into some unique themes and topics and had some really good tension, suspense and like uh, just having some nice continuity with the last film. It all worked really well and it was really nice that they was able to have Andy Muschietti come back as director so he could shepherd this film and still have it like you know was it uh, feel consistent with what's come before now your enjoyment of this film will depend again on whether you have like you know read the source material have a massive attachment to the 90s miniseries but for those who are just looking for a good time of the cinema this is a good time believe me and if you like the last one you'll definitely like this one I would recommend two thumbs up even though you can't see my thumbs up in the air they're, they're up believe me um, but yeah Whatever your thoughts are about this film, if you've seen it, I would like to hear them. So drop them in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55 or via the email thehypersonic 555 at gmail.com. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes at the moment. And uh, yeah, if you're on iTunes, if you could subscribe or give me some five star ratings and like, you know, some nice comments about the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, eventually we will be able to get this podcast on YouTube once I figure out some video editing problems because I am having some next level problems with my video editing software right now. And yes, with the lead up to Christmas, there is going to be a lot more stuff to talk about, not only in terms of the films, but some of the upcoming stuff going on in uh, 2020 as well. So there's not going to be a shortage of stuff to talk about, believe me, and if all things work out, we might even have some additional special guests in the lead up to the end of the year, so uh, be prepared to see that when it comes, but I think I'll cut it off there and stop rambling, so thank you for listening to another episode of Film Focus, it's nice to be back, and until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55, signing out. Peace!